0: Immigration is shaping up as one of the top issues in the presidential campaign. We'll discuss it with candidate Tom Tancredo. And is there a black vote or is the black community divided? Also, a UN panel says climate change is here and global warming is happening. And a research center has cloned monkey embryos. Is human cloning next? This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture.
1: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941,
0: a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what
1: the meaning of the word is.
2: And the people who knocked these buildings down We'll hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson.
3: I take issue with your description of people being illegal immigrants. There aren't any illegal human beings. All right, that's one congressman running for president. His name is Dennis Kucinich, and he was asked about driver's licenses being issued to illegal immigrants. And that's one congressman running for president on illegal immigration. Now, let's hear another congressman running for president. This is Congressman Tom Tancredo.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Tancredo, and I approve this message because someone needs to say it. There are
4: consequences to open borders beyond the 20
1: million aliens who've come to take
4: our jobs. Islamic terrorists now freely roam U.S. soil. Jihadists who froth with hate, here to do as they have in London, Spain, Russia. The price we pay for spineless politicians who refuse to defend our borders against those who come to kill.
3: All right. Congressman Tom Tancredo and Congressman Dennis Kucinich. Kucinich. Wanting to issue those driver's licenses to illegal immigrants? Uh, Tom Tancredo, Tancredo, no. In just a moment, we are going to interview Congressman Tom Tancredo. He is in Texas tonight, and we're going to talk to him about illegal immigration. We're going to talk to him about abortion. We're going to talk to him about Christianity. I'm looking forward to that interview. But also in the news, the United Nations has issued... A new pronouncement yet again on global warming, the crisis, how climate change uh, is going to mess up our world. Here is U.N. Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. He says the new report is going to help governments better deal with the problem. It gives policymakers an easy-to-use guide. And it contains one overarching message for all of us that threats are real and affordable ways to deal with climate change. Okay, this is kind of Orwellian, an easy-to-use guide, handed down from on high at the United Nations. You'll remember that um, the former French President Jacques Chirac said this, global climate change is the pathway to world government. He said this is going to be our ticket to world government. And I'm not surprised that the head of the U.N. Penna is uh, really happy to hand down a guide to the United States on global warming. And We're going to talk about this at the half hour. Is this a sham? And we're going to line up some of the research uh, that the U.N. is using versus uh, other research out there from well-known scientists. You don't
5: want to miss that. What else is up, Penna? Well, that all sounds like a recipe for global socialism. Uh, but the question that we're going to deal with in the next segment is, is there one monolithic voting block called Black America? And you know the answer, of course not. Uh, The other question, do all blacks think alike on political issues? Again, the answer is no. So we're going to speak with an expert who says it's just really silly to use the terms the black vote or black leaders. And also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about an Oregon Research Center which has announced a breakthrough in the cloning of monkey embryos. So the question is, is the cloning of humans next? And we're going to talk about the ethical considerations of this research. Okay, so the Republican primary is getting very
3: interesting now. You've got Congressman Tom Tancredo. We're trying to track him just now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that he's going to call in in just a minute. But we've got Mike Huckabee, who's surging right now. Mike Huckabee is um, really now broken in, I think, to the front ranks. He's certainly
5: getting a lot lot of media. Absolutely.
3: This week he was on Fox News Sunday. Uh, Chris Wallace is calling him the biggest story in presidential politics right now. And um, here is Mike Huckabee answering the question about, you know, why why is he able to surge without the money or the organization that Romney has? Mike Huckabee. We fed
2: uh, 5,000 with two fish and five biscuits. Uh, we've uh, just got a lot of people praying that what little we have will turn into much, and it has. And it's been an amazing thing for us, but I think what we're proving is that it's, it's not about how many resources you have. It's about how well you use them, how well you manage them. We don't waste things. We're very frugal, and we have an incredible, fervent, volunteer group of people across this country blogging for us, working their hearts out, making sacrifices that, that frankly, sometimes bring tears to my eyes when I hear about it.
3: Okay, Mike Huckabee, I think showing that uh, you don't have to be in the perceived front-runner PAC, to make an impact, to get some traction, he's moving ahead. There's another candidate, Penna, that I think that could do the same thing, and that is Congressman Tom Tancredo, because you've been reading that... um, Immigration. Immigration. It's a huge issue. Tell us what you've read today. Well,
5: the Wall Street Journal today says uh, in their politics and economics section Immigration is the question how zero 08 hopefuls could answer our answer could take them far Perhaps Not only is this a divisive issue for the Republican Party, it's also a divisive issue for the Democrat Party. And this article talks about how many Democrats across the country are very concerned about the issue of Ill- illegal immigration because it's hurting the middle class. It's hurting the union workers. And so, you know, that party is not all on one side on immigration either. And I might mention, Dr. Johnson, you said Tom Tancredo Could surge When I was at the Values Voters Summit, he got one of the greatest ovations of any of the Republicans that spoke there. His speech was awesome, and he made great points on issues even beyond immigration.
3: Well, Congressman Tom Tancredo is running for president. He is in Texas tonight, and he's on the phone right now. Welcome, Congressman Tancredo.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to join you.
3: Congressman Tancredo, at the Democrat debates, we've seen them go all over the map. Um... The governor of New York proposed licenses, driver's licenses, for illegal aliens. Um, for instance, Hillary said that night she supported it, then she didn't. A week later, her campaign issued a memo saying she did support it. Last <laughs> week, she said she did not support it. Uh, talk to us about this phenomenon. And, uh, you know, really, you have been the prophet crying in the wilderness for a long time on this issue.
1: Yes, sir, that is true. And uh, I must tell you, it. I take some degree of pride in the fact that um, we have now that the immigration debate has risen to the level it has and, and of course it's uh, the candidates on both sides uh, are, are having to deal with it. They don't like it. They don't want to, especially the Democrats. Um, they're trying to walk a tightrope between satisfying a significant base, uh, part of their base and uh, on the other hand doing what, what the rest of America want to do. So uh, you know, I have noticed over the past no nine months, I guess, where we've been doing these presidential debates. That little by little, uh, the guys, at least on the Republican side, and uh, uh, who, who are out there, have got to. They've they've found that they have to deal with it, and they have to deal with it the way that I have been. Of course, not just since I've been running for president, but since I've been in Congress, they've been. They have to deal with it through the enforcement side, not through amnesty, and that's really very rewarding to at least hear the rhetoric. I hope they're right. I hope they're speaking from their heart. Uh, that's something we never know.
5: Representative Tancredo, I know you're speaking in Houston tonight, and uh, the question I have is about the Hispanic vote, because that was the way uh, comprehensive, uh, comprehensive immigration reform was sold to us, or they tried to sell it to us, was that the Republicans need to get on board with this to attract the Hispanic vote. Is that a valid argument?
1: I don't believe so, and I think that there's empirical information as to uh, why that's not a valid argument. In the last election, the um, I remember them talking specifically about J.D. Hayworth in Arizona, a mm-hmm. guy that had was very vocal on right. the issue of illegal immigration, and he lost, and everybody said, oh, well, it's all because of that. But if you look carefully at the election, you realize that it it had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the fact that my old buddy J.D. had taken a lot of money from a guy by the name of Abramoff. I mean, he did nothing illegal, but (laughs) he had taken a, a lot of money over time from people connected with Abramoff and his opponent, of course, constantly pushed that issue, and that's what got him. But when you look at what happened in Arizona, it's interesting to note that the, there were four initiatives on the ballot. All of them were strong, tough, anti-illegal immigration proposals. All of them passed, with 70% of the vote being the average. No, I'm sorry, the minimum. The minimum. And, and 48% of Hispanics voted for it. So it, it is completely bogus to suggest that, just, that if you stand up for the issue of, of uh, uh, secure borders, and the enforcement of our laws, that you're going to lose every Hispanic vote. It's certainly not true, and it wasn't true in Arizona. And that's where you have a a significant, of, of course, portion of the population that are Hispanic.
3: Congressman Tancredo, I want you to listen briefly here to Dennis Kucinich when asked about the program to give driver's licenses to illegal aliens. I take issue with your description of people being illegal immigrants. There aren't any illegal human beings. Okay, he says, there aren't any illegal human beings. Now, Congressman, this show is about the Christian worldview, and I remember you were asking a debate some time ago about the greatest mistake you had made, and you mentioned that it was waiting so long in your life to uh, commit to Jesus Christ, and I really admired that answer that you gave. I want to ask you this question about your your Christianity and your view on illegal immigration. There's some people who say that if we're going to be good Christians, then... Uh, We can't take a strong line, a law and order line, on illegal immigration uh, because that devalues um, Mexican-Americans or Hispanics uh, as people, as human beings. Uh, What's your thinking through this? How you can be law and order on immigration, but also value the worth and dignity of of people created in God's image?
1: The uh, fact that we are a nation of laws um, and in the in the bible we are admonished you know to give unto caesar and the, the fact is that the law is what defines us as yes. a country that we are a nation of law not of men and that we that you you cannot simply ignore the law violate the law uh, at your whim uh, the uh, other thing is this if you talk about the compassion that one should show for his neighbor I, I I certainly believe in that as a christian, but i i'll to tell you that it doesn't seem to me people pay an awful lot of attention to the compassion that should be shown to the people who are here, who are citizens who are who are legal aliens, even those people who have come into the country who are not yet citizens, but who have done it the right way. when you open the door to a people a, a flood of people who have come the wrong way and when you tell them that you're going to give them amnesty it's a slap in the face to everybody who has gone through the process the right way and all those who are waiting to do it the right way you do not and and what about the the people in our society that are the, the most in need what about the the folks who are at the lowest rung of the economic ladder they are the most severely economically impacted by illegal immigration because their wages are suppressed their ability to get jobs that they once were able to get are gone and so if you want to have compassion I, I and i do why not have it for the people who are here and why not ask everyone who wants to come here to come through the door that we call immigration in a lawful process i think that that is completely legitimate congressman completely we're out of time attitude
3: we're out of time i'm sorry what's your website
1: It is
3: teamtancredo.org. Teamtancredo.org. He's in Houston tonight for a fundraiser. Dallas
1: Dallas tonight, Houston tomorrow.
3: Dallas tonight, Houston tomorrow. Thanks so much for being with us.
0: That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
3: One reason that we have the fires burning in Southern California is global warming. All right, that's the leader of the U.S. Senate. He says that the fires (laughs) in California were caused by global warming. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to address this U.N. story. The United Nations released a new study this week that says we're going to have all sorts of problems if we don't address climate change. Maybe more fires in Southern California. Is that true? We're going to talk about that. Now, I want you to think of these names. Bill Cosby, Clarence Thomas... Condoleezza Rice, Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama. What do they have in common? It's not politics. It's something else. And there are a lot of black Americans that do not identify with any of these figures. And that's something we don't talk about very often.
5: Well, the Pew Research Center has just released a study regarding African Americans and class. And this study confirms what many of us have always known. Black America is divided by class, just like the rest of America. Our guest is Anthony Bradley. He is with the Acton Institute, and he's also a professor at the Convent Theological Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, he writes on issues of race in America, also the hip-hop youth culture. And, uh, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, So there's not just one black opinion on political issues in this country?
4: Actually, there's not, and there really never has been. It's been a narrative that the liberal media has been promulgating that blacks think alike, and the fact of the matter is they don't, and this study really brings that to
2: light.
5: Well, it really does. You know, I recently heard uh, Clarence Thomas speaking on his uh, new book, and he is certainly a black American who thinks very differently from uh, what the media would have us believe all blacks think, isn't he?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what we find is that Clarence Thomas and guys like Walter Williams and Thomas Sowell and and, and others actually represent the way many blacks have have always thought. The problem is that, that those voices have been really squelched by, by the media and, and squelched by the left, because the left doesn't want America to know that there are blacks that, that have the same sort of traditional values that, that created the, the nation that we have.
5: Our guest is Anthony Bradley, and uh, he is a professor at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, and we're talking about this new Pew study. Uh, Anthony, what other, uh, what other pieces of information can we glean out of this study that might enlighten Americans?
4: Well, you know, one of the big things that, that uh, I've been talking about is that this, this study should help America really understand that what it means to be black is not necessarily... A homogenous picture. As a matter of fact, that blacks are divided not just by class, but also in the ways in which they view the world. Their worldview differences within the black community as well. And so we should really get rid of uh, phrases like the black vote. We should do away with things like black the quote unquote uh, description of a of a black leader, because being black doesn't represent one monolithic group think That there's great diversity, and, and maybe perhaps King's dream. Is being realized that that we're not, that we're known uh, to be considered by our race.
3: This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Professor Anthony Bradley of the Acton Institute. He also teaches at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. Uh, Professor Bradley, uh, you mentioned something about the black vote and black leaders. Um, Conservative evangelicals um, have a lot in common with the black community as such. On marriage, traditional marriage. And I think we saw that uh, with some of the marriage amendments that were being proposed really across the country. We saw some pastors coming forward to say, look, we have more in common in this case with some uh, conservatives, maybe even some Republicans, than we do with liberals and Democrats. Uh, Do you think it's time for a kind of a realignment in politics based upon convictions, based upon political philosophy, based upon uh, you know beliefs a- instead of skin color.
4: Absolutely, and and one of the things that the the white evangelical church uh, can do, and also black church leadership, is actually get together and appeal to both political parties because we have shared values because they're grounded and something that transcends race and culture, which is the gospel. And and because those things are central, and, and, and because those are the things that matter, we actually have more unity between these populations than ever before, but we haven't had the kind of leadership to take advantage of it. There needs to be a massive realignment, because we leverage, I think, more power th- than we realize.
3: And let me ask you this. Uh, polls are showing right now that most Black Americans are not planning to vote for Barack Obama. People assume they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, what do you make of that?
4: Well, I, I think you know, there are a couple things. One, there, there are a lot of uh, black Americans that don't consider Barack Obama to be black, for one. Uh, one, he doesn't come from... I mean, he's of he's, he's mixed race, for one. But secondly, he doesn't sort of come from the Southern uh, tradition. He's not from... Uh, his family doesn't go back to the southeastern slavery, uh, period. So he, he's not considered black for one. And then secondly, the Clintons, both Bill and Hillary, did such a good job of spinning themselves as actually helping the black community when they never actually did, that there's this belief that the Clintons are going to save us and help us like they did in the past, and it actually didn't happen. They've, they've, they've done a wonderful job of, of creating rhetoric that has nothing to do with reality.
3: So they hustled the black vote, but they didn't deliver.
4: Absolutely. It was, it was, it was, it was this great, sad demonstration of being, you know, duped and, and hoodwinked. And they continue to use rhetoric to, that, that scratches the itches that, you know, their, their ears sort of waiting to hear these things. And so the Clintons are masters, both Bill and Hillary are masters at, at, at creating that kind of rhetoric. And the black community has simply never held them to a given account for what they actually did. You're not going to find a list of things that happened during the, during the Clinton administration that actually helped black people as a whole.
3: Now, final question. Uh, Bill Cosby is not really a conservative uh, activist. Juan Williams certainly isn't. But they do seem to be uh, speaking a little more prophetically to say to, to black folks, look... Um, you know, we've got to take personal responsibility in the rearing of children. Fathers need to take personal responsibility. Do you think that their message is getting any traction up and down of the black community?
4: Absolutely. It's getting huge traction, which is why it's so controversial. There are blacks that have been, that, that have been uh, fans of those same principles and, and ideals for centuries. Even on the plantation during Reconstruction, during the Civil Rights Movement, Those have always been there, and so now we find some guys who actually have had the moral fortitude and a platform to be free to say it. The white liberal elite does not want this side of black America to become known in public because it it actually will uh, 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 eliminate their own control of how America sees uh, uh, black folks.
3: Do you think there's any way the Republicans... And can reach out to the black community the way the Democrats have, but uh, is, is there a principled way they can reach out uh, for the black vote?
4: Well, I think that if, if Republicans are thinking strategically, one of the things they do not need to do is change their platform with respect to those values related to family, related to marriage, uh, related to uh, their, their, their economics, because those are the kinds of values that more and more blacks are beginning to recapture and re-embrace because what has come out of the, the, the LBJ policies of the 60s have been an absolute failure. And so now people are going back to what their grandparents taught them.
3: Professor Anthony Bradley, Covenant Theological Seminary with the Acton Institute, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. All right, Larry, let's go to Mike Huckabee for just a moment. We're talking, though, really about... Um, Politics versus principles. And there are people who um, are taking the black vote for granted, taking the Hispanic vote for granted. We've been talking about that in the last two segments. And uh, I want to move ahead to Huckabee 3, Larry, actually, to hear Mike Huckabee. Here is the former governor of Arkansas uh, on abortion. We actually passed a human
2: life amendment in Arkansas. We passed over 11 pieces of pro-life legislation that I signed and led. I led the March for Life every year. Uh, I'll put my record up against anybody's on the sanctity of life.
3: Okay, there's Mike Huckabee, strongly pro-life. And I think if we listen to Professor Bradley, this is an issue that um, should speak to black America. Here's uh, Governor Huckabee again on the contrast um, between slavery and abortion. Why we should not leave this up to the states?
2: If morality is the point here, and if it's right or wrong, not just a political question, then you can't have fifty different versions of what's right and what's wrong. Again, that's that's what the whole Civil War was about. Can you have states saying slavery is okay, other states saying it's not?
5: Well, also, beyond that point, uh, going back to the issue of the uh, black community, if you can even say there's a black community, blacks are being disproportionately aborted in this country. So this should be a very important issue to thinking African-Americans who are worried about that. Yeah, we had a
3: missionary from the International Mission Board come to us last week at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention who's a black man. And he said, that is the message we're not hearing, how many black children are being aborted and this is a kind of genocide, a legal kind of genocide, a racism in abortion. More black children being aborted proportionally than white. And uh, we're going to have him on to speak sometime soon. He was very eager to get engaged on this issue. But Huckabee's saying abortion like slavery. That is, there is a right to life in the U.S. Declaration of Independence. There's a value to human life in the Old Testament and in the New. And this is an, this is about values. This is about morals. And this ought to be common ground for blacks, for whites, for Hispanics. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We're going to hear more about Mike Huckabee's surge in the polls. Also, we're going to talk about the United Nations and their global warming agenda. Is it a global governance agenda?
0: You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
2: My plan to secure the border? Two words. Chuck Norris. Mike Huckabee's a lifelong hunter who'll protect our Second Amendment rights. Chuck Norris doesn't endorse. He tells America how it's going to be. I'm Mike Huckabee, and I approve this message. So did Chuck. Chuck Norris approved.
3: Okay, that's Mitt Romney, former governor of Arkansas. He's running for president. Mike Huckabee. Mike, yeah, I said Mike. Uh, Mitt Romney. I haven't said Mike Huckabee. Um, we're going to talk about Mitt Romney in a minute, but uh, Mike Huckabee is um, surging in the mm-hmm. polls and um, looking strong in Iowa, which will be the first um, place where these candidates are going to be tested and get you know, sort of a national result, which gives them a chance to build on momentum. He's kind of taking the Jimmy Carter come from nowhere strategy, it looks like. And but he's he's had a lot of humor in his campaign, and uh, at the debates, he's probably done better just in terms of laugh lines, but also speaking with conviction and compassion and mixing it up. He's very good in an age of television, just communicating with folks, and. Um, You've heard here that um, he's a lifelong hunter. Chuck Norris, he's appealing to the Bubba, the Redneck, the hunters, the fishermen. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to work. And also, though, he's saying
5: strongly, you know, I'm the pro-life guy. I, I'm, I'm pro-life. Strong pro life, strong on protecting marriage. It's going to be very interesting to watch this, Dr. Johnson, because the Iowa caucus is January 3rd. We don't know when the New Hampshire primary is yet, but we think it's probably going to be about January 8th. Then you're going to be going to Nevada. Then you're going to be going to South Carolina. Everything is happening very quickly this time. So whether or not a person who, say, wins or comes in second in the Iowa caucus can get the boost that, say, Jimmy Carter got back in the 70s because there was time for the money to flow in is really really up in the air. This is, co- uh, this is going to be a new paradigm this time. This is the first ad that Mike Huckabee has put out there. I have a feeling now, uh, if the money starts flowing into him, you're going to see you know a lot of ads between now and the end of the year.
3: I think Ron Paul showed something here a couple of weeks ago. He had a one-day fundraiser. He got 5 or $6 million in one ad day. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that has changed. And everybody's saying, well, these primaries are so changed now, no one can come from behind. But the ability to raise money in 24 hours on the Internet and to have that as cash ready for action is going to change it all. So a lot of Christians rallying around Mike Huckabee. Now others rallying around Fred Thompson. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're seeing some of these candidates duke it out, you know. And here is Huckabee, Saying he's surprised that National Right to Life endorsed Fred Thompson. Here's why.
2: My surprise was nothing compared to the surprise of the people out in America who have been faithful supporters of Right to Life. Fred's never had a 100% uh, record on Right to Life in his Senate career. The records reflect that.
3: I don't know if that's a fair statement, that Fred's never had a 100% record. He said he did. Fred said he he did. did, And, you know, if he votes right on the issues once, he has a 100% record then. So over how long and over, you know, the track record is probably debatable, but that's just the kind of line candidates use. Now, here's Fred Thompson. He clearly believes that Roe versus Wade should be overturned.
0: I think, number one, that Roe versus Wade should be overturned. We need to remember what the status was before Roe v. Wade.
3: Okay, Roe v. Wade, 1973, the Supreme Court ruling which made abortion legal. And with Doe v. Bolton, the other case issued at the same time, pretty much nine months you can get an abortion throughout the nine months of pregnancy. We have the most liberal abortion laws in the Western world. More liberal than England, more liberal than Germany, More liberal than almost any Western industrialized nation. Hardly any limits on abortion because of Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton. And Thompson says, let's just overturn that, throw it back to the states and let the people decide. He is pro-life, but that's a different strategy than a constitutional amendment.
5: And uh, Mike Huckabee, of course, has talked about the fact that he is for a constitutional amendment, and that's always been in the Republican platform. It's never been passed, but it's always been part of the platform because it really does acknowledge uh, the right to life that you described earlier in the program. And, of course, there can't really be several positions in the states on abortion easily. You would have people skirting laws by going back and forth uh, to other states. And just like marriage, those are two issues that I think would best be uh, a national policy. Well, uh, let's go now to the United
3: Nations. This global warming agenda is just being crammed down our throats week after week, month after month. And the United Nations has just come down with a, a new study saying, look, if we don't acknowledge this, if we don't change the way we operate, uh, our world is going to be thrown into all sorts of climate chaos. Here's the leader of the U.S. Senate on global warming. One reason that we have the fires burning in Southern California is global warming. Okay, he, he's blaming the fires in Southern California on global warming. Well, he took it back, sort of. And, uh, but look, here's candidate Hillary Clinton, and I want you to listen to this, because this is a global warming and energy forum in Los Angeles, and she says we need to lead out on the environment. Now l- listen to all the ideas she connects to this agenda.
2: I think we can turn this greatest environmental challenge uh, to a great economic opportunity and to restore our leadership in the world, create a new and stronger middle class reform the government so that it actually works effectively again.
3: Okay, I'll, she said four things. The economy, leadership, strengthening the middle class, reforming the government. Uh, is she saying that global warming is, the, is the, the the wedge issue or the platform or the foot in the door? This sounds very similar to what the former French president said when he said global warming is our way to get world government. And I think that's what's behind this U.N. head Passing down these rules this weekend, and um, I want to remind our listeners that the science is not at all clear on this. In fact, it seems to indicate a different kind of a message. Just last week, he really didn't report on this, but the founder of the Weather Channel last week, the founder of the Weather Channel last week, said, "This is a bunch of hype. It is a farce. It is a sham." The founder. Of the Weather Channel. Also, you remember CNN meteorologist Rob Marciono uh, just about a month ago saying he thought it was a sham. He thought Al Gore um, was just a propagandist. Uh, Also, we have the judge in Great Britain basically saying you can't even show the Al Gore film in Great Britain in schools unless you show the eight. He identified eight
5: scientific falsehoods in the
3: movie.
5: You know, this uh, particular panel says that human suffering as a result of global warming will be inevitable. It talks about hunger and disease that will result. It talks about uh, a rise in the sea level of 4.6 feet. Now, we've seen other UN scientists come out with a much lower figure on that. Uh, But I think the worst part about this is you can... uh, prognosticate all you want, but what is the problem is the fix, because there's really uh, nobody that can say that the things that we would do, like uh, totally raising the mileage requirements on cars, or clamping down on businesses because of their emissions, uh, by law, you know, federal laws to clamp down on companies, there's really nothing to say that this is going to make a big difference In the temperature. Climate change is just a given. The climate changes. It's always changed. What can man do about it? Very little, if anything.
3: Well, you've heard of the book Unstoppable Global Warming every 1,500 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, New book out in the bookstores. We're going to have that author on soon, I believe. And uh, But we've had other scientists on this program, like Roy Spencer from the University of Alabama. We've also had the scientist on from MIT. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are major credentialed scientists who've come on this program to say, yes, we have some warning, but we cannot show, we cannot prove, we cannot know that this is human-induced, and we certainly do not know if we can reverse it. And they say it seems to be cyclical. It seems to be caused by the sun and other factors. And there's no reason to, to suspect or to anticipate the kinds of disasters. And no need to reorganize our government, our way of life, or world government uh, based upon... Um, Al Gore's film
5: there's another guy out there that I think he's written a book called the accidental environmentalist his name is bjorn oh, yeah, he's Danish and he he does believe global warming is real but he prioritizes all the things that could be done in the world at the UN were uh, you know to try to do a bunch of good things for people that uh, maybe are, are less fortunate and global warming is just I mean it's at the bottom of the list because what about cleaning up water for people I mean that would make a huge difference and you could spend your dollars there and have a much greater impact Impact than trying to reduce CO2 and maybe, you know, uh, yeah, or he proposes look, let's use
3: DDT or mosquito nets Mm -hmm. to protect the millions of of children who die uh, essentially in Africa from mosquito bites uh, and infection every year. Well, why are we making such a big deal about this? Because, again, the UN, the United Nations, said over the weekend here's the quote criminally. Criminally irresponsible. It is criminally irresponsible to ignore the urgency of global warming. Uh, Others have said this is like Holocaust denial, and it should be a crime. So they're saying at the United Nations, it's criminal. Criminal irresponsibility. For you, listening to Jerry Johnson Live, to believe the MIT professor, to believe the University of Alabama professor to believe the judge in Great Britain, to believe the founder of the Weather Channel, to believe the CNN meteorologist, to believe these people instead of these career politicians its criminally irresponsible. Why? Because they want you to give them more power. They want to give world government more power. Hillary Clinton wants you to give her a blank check. Al Gore wants the government to have a blank check to reorder your way of life based on this bogus science. Well, when we come back, we're going to Do a follow-up on a, a new study about embryonic stem cell research and cloning. We'll be right back.
0: frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications.
5: The case stems from a father who accused the government of brainwashing kids with propaganda by showing Gore's film in the classroom. Schools may have to issue a warning before they show students the controversial movie about global warming.
2: Finally, finally. <laughs> Somebody, so, um, you, so you don't agree? Oh, there are definitely some inaccuracies. And, you know, the Oscars, think about awards for fictional films as well. well. The biggest thing I have a problem with is his is implication that Katrina was caused by global warming. And there's a number of studies.
3: All right. To... That's CNN meteorologist Rob Marciano basically debunking the Al Gore film on mm-hmm. CNN. And uh, we're going to stay on top of this story and let you know the latest science. We are not afraid of the science on this one. But Penn is also on the scientific front. Another story this week. It has to do with cloning with embryonic stem cell research. Uh, What are your thoughts on it?
5: Well, I think it's a real reminder that science is really moving faster than our laws. And we've got to catch up in this case because scientists at Oregon National Primate Research Center announced that they have cloned large numbers of embryos from a 10-year-old adult rhesus monkey. Now, this in itself is a breakthrough because it's considered really a more effective and efficient method of cloning than has ever been accomplished with primates. Uh, But the team also extracted stem cells from these embryos, and now they say that they have grown these stem cells into mature heart cells and also brain neurons. Now, scientists are very excited about this, uh, and of course, they're hoping that they can use these same methods to attempt to create human embryos. So there are a couple of questions we've got to ask here, Dr. Johnson. First, how much of this is really true? Now, we're going to know more about this study when it's published. It's going to be published fairly soon in the peer-reviewed journal Nature in just a few weeks. Uh, The last big cloning announcement we, I believe, discussed on this program, it involved uh, South Korean scientists, well this was 2004, uh, but they said they created the first human embryo and then two years later we found out that this was a fraudulent claim. It didn't exactly happen that way. But assuming that this report is correct, we now need to know where this is leading. Is this leading to cloning adult monkeys and eventually adult humans? Well, the answer to that is probably not yet because the Oregon uh, Primate Research Center, uh, their research involved 100 cloned embryos. Now, half of them were implanted into monkey wombs, but none of those monkeys actually got pregnant and uh, had baby monkeys so that part of it didn't work Uh, the other question would be will this lead to us cloning ourselves someday this type of research perhaps to provide someone to donate the spare parts that we might need today if we have a health problem or maybe these clones would act as our slaves or they would fight our wars well here's where the United Nations comes in because the United Nations University's Institute of Advanced Studies saw this study, and they said, we've got to have some quick action to prevent this type of scenario, because they, uh, they say they want a worldwide ban on human cloning. Tried to do this earlier, but uh, didn't quite happen. But you see, these UN types are very concerned about the rights of a clone that might actually be born. They're worried that that clone, that that person might actually suffer abuse or prejudice or discrimination. That's why they're calling for this human rights action. But their answer to it is kill it before it's born. 14 days after conception to get stem cells. We've talked about this before. Or a little bit later in the pregnancy to get tissues and organs. They call this therapeutic cloning. Now pro-lifers call it clone to kill. It's really the commodification of human life. UN member nations have not been able to agree to take that option off the table. Now, the UN, Dr. Johnson, certainly is right to uh, renew this call for a cloning ban. More than 50 governments around the world have outlawed human cloning. It's very amazing and uh, sad that the United States has no such ban. Congress should pass a cloning ban. But the ban needs to apply to both reproductive cloning and therapeutic cloning, and I think we had better get on it.
3: Well, uh, this show, Penna, is about the Christian worldview, and I want to read a passage of Scripture that uh, we haven't read in a while, but we return to it again and again. Genesis 1, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let me just say on the surface right there, what that shows us is there is a dignity to human life, and there is a sanctity to every human life. And we started out talking about illegal immigrants on the program today. Then we started talking about black Americans today. And um, we even talked about the environment just a moment ago. And, And this passage has something to say on all of those issues, and now especially on the cloning issue. So we are all made in God's image. Every human being is an imager of God, from conception to natural death. We are imagers of God. And again, this places a dignity, and a sanctity. They said, kill it. Well, kill him or kill her. A clone is nothing less than an identical twin. An identical twin. Uh, The identical twin might be 30 or 40 years younger than you, and that seems weird to us, and there's the yuck factor, and so most people are against it on that basis. But in fact, this would be a sibling. And if you understand the science, and just because it's Your clone does not mean that you own this person. This is an imager of God. If they are able, if they are indeed able to clone human beings, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. There's a famous book called Fabricated Man by Paul Ramsey. And he talks about the idea that if we can make human life, we feel like we can take human life. And I think that's the danger here. These these scientists and some politicians say, well, 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 if we create this, then we have the right to take it. certainly up to 14 days. And if this text means anything, though, it means to be human and to be alive means that you are an imager of God. You have dignity. You have sanctity. But you also have authority and responsibility because the text goes on to say, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. But, of course, that dominion does not extend to the point where we can take other human life. Now, the text is clear later, thou shalt not kill. And we're told in Genesis 9-6, actually, that anybody who takes human life forfeits their own right to life. Why? Because we are made in God's image, Genesis 9-6. But we do have a responsibility. So when we're talking about immigration or we're talking about global warming, there is this dominion mandate this ruling mandate a stewardship mandate that and that's why we have this program where we don't just talk about faith and heaven and hell that's important but we talk about money we talk about politics we talk about entertainment we talk about the arts we talk about the culture because there is a mandate human beings are here to rule to be good stewards and that's God's plan for us Then what's the problem? If we're created in God's image and we have all this responsibility, what went wrong? Well, you read Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sinned, and that's where everything got messed up. But the good news is, of course, Jesus Christ came, the second Adam. He died for our sins on the cross. He took the hell. He took the judgment. He took the death that you and I deserve. He was a substitute. He died for your sins. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. He was seen by hundreds of people. If you repent and acknowledge your sins and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Tomorrow, Planned Parenthood is under attack in Kansas. We'll cover that story.
0: You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live